Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. In today's show, we're going to discuss a topic that almost every job seeker will face at some point, which is knowing when it's time to get a new job. Everyone has bad days at work every now and then, but if you find that the bad is beginning to outweigh the good, you might want to start planning your next career move. Sam McRimmon, a recruiter with Orion, joins the show to discuss five key indicators that it's time to quit your job. Sam will provide insight on successfully making a career change as well as strategies for leaving your current job on good terms. If you have any questions about this podcast or if you would like to submit a question to be discussed on a future podcast, I'd love to hear from you. If you're a former job seeker who has found a rewarding post-military career and you'd like to share your story on our podcast, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Sam. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to have you back again. You have always been one of my favorite guests. Oh, great. I'm happy to talk about different fun topics that might help our uh, team out there. Yeah, definitely. So today, as you know, um, a lot of our topics that we cover on the podcast are related to the job search, but we also have listeners who have already made that transition. So we want to provide relevant topics to them. And so today we're going to talk about something that I think a lot of people struggle with, and that's knowing when it's time to move on and find another job. I think both of us could probably attest to the fact that from our own experience and then even with talking with candidates, it is something that's kind of awkward for everyone. I mean, it's not easy decision for anybody. Nobody looks forward to quitting a job. And so a lot of times it's kind of, you know, you know it's the right thing to do, but you sort of put it on the back burner and make up a lot of excuses why you shouldn't do it. So today we'll talk about, you know, some of the signs that it might be time for you to move on and then really how to go about that without burning any bridges or, you know, doing anything that's not going to set you up for success in the future. So before we get into that, can you go ahead and introduce yourself for anybody that has not heard you on a previous podcast? Sure. So my name is Sam. I have been here at Orion for about two and a half years. Um, I started out on the sales side and moved to the recruiting team about nine months into my time here. Um, and has now moved into a, you know, kind of full-time sourcing recruiter job. Um, you know, working with all of our active duty candidates as they transition. And then, like Megan mentioned, we work with lots of candidates who have already made that transition to civilian employment. So just kind of helping them identify, you know, different reasons why they may be looking for a new opportunity and helping them make that transition into a new job as well. Um, so really excited to talk about this topic. I think it is one that's important and also one, you know, that can be tricky. And, you know, it's scary to think about making a change. Um, but there's definitely some, you know, kind of key indicators that it's time, and I'm excited to share them with everybody. Yeah, and you know, that one that you, what you just said, that it is something that's scary. So it's not just, you know, thinking about how am I going to have this conversation with my boss? I mean, there are so many other implications, like, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? How's this going to affect my family if I have one? So there's so many other facets of life. It's not even um, limited to the job. So it's something that, you know, if you are unhappy, which, I did a lot of research on this topic, and it seems like there are um, lots of statistics out there, but for the most part, it seems like more than 50% of employees are not happy in their current job situation, which is just crazy, and it's, you know, it's sad when you think about it. So like you said, we'll talk about some of the key indicators, and one of the signs that I think, and probably the number one sign, is if you're not excited about your job anymore. So can you talk about that in a little bit more detail? 
Sure. And I think that's probably the biggest sign for somebody. Um, you know, every day that you go to work, it doesn't have to feel like a party. You don't have to be so excited and, you know, jumping up and down. You know, most of us go to work because, you know, we need to provide for our family and make money. Um, but if you're never excited about going to work or never excited about anything you're working on, um, I think that's a pretty clear sign that something's wrong. Um, you know, you, you work for lots of reasons, you know, to, you know, like I said, keep a roof over your head and use your, your skills and your talents and to help others. Um, but if you have no sense of, of passion for your work and no sense of excitement, I think you burn out really quickly. Um, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to feel like a party, but you should at least, you know, be excited to go to work, you know, because you like your team and you like what you're doing. And if you don't have any of those things um, and you're not happy at work, you know, most of us are at work for 40 plus hours a week. And if you're not happy um, at work, that's certainly going to carry over to other areas of your life too. And I think just make it really hard to be happy in general. Mm -hmm. You do spend majority of your time there. And, you know, I think some of that comes down to being engaged at work. Like you were saying, maybe you're not going to be super excited about going to work every day and maybe you don't necessarily love what you do, but maybe you love the people or maybe you do love what you do, but you don't necessarily get along with all your coworkers. It seems like, you know, it's a give and take. You're probably not always going to have the best of both worlds, but if you don't have a purpose and a passion for what you're doing, that's definitely a telltale sign. For sure. Now, opportunity is huge. Um, you know, nobody wants to stay in the same spot in any job that they're in. So I think the second one is also very important, and that's, you know, if you've determined basically that there is no room for growth. What do you think about right. this one? I'm, yeah, as a recruiter, I would say 95% of the time when I talk to somebody who, you know, has already made the transition into civilian employment and they're looking for a new opportunity, I always ask why. You know, what is it? about your job, you know, that you're not satisfied with? Why are you looking? And like I said, nine times out of 10, it's there's no growth potential. Um, so maybe you've been at a company for a couple of years and, and everybody's got promoted except for you. Or maybe you've applied for promotions and you've been rejected. Um, you're just not seeing that upward growth and that long-term potential. And I think that, you know, is, is the most common reason that people switch jobs. You know, you want to feel valued. You want to feel um, appreciate it. You want to feel like you're bringing something to the table. And if you're, you're not seeing that growth potential because, um, you know, your, your employer doesn't see that value in you, or maybe it's a really small company and there's just no room to grow. Um, you know, that's usually a really good sign that it's time to start looking, you know, you need to, you need to see what's out there, um, or determine what you can do, you know, to, to upgrade your skills. Maybe you need to secure a certification or, take some type of training class to kind of upgrade, upgrade your skills so that there is that growth potential for you. Yeah, I think that that's, that's all really good advice. And I think, you know, growth is something that is very important to anyone. Like you said, nine out of 10 candidates that you talk to, that's going to be the reason that they're looking for a new job. And I do think that this is something that you might not be able to always predict it, but it's something that you could explore during the job search so that it's not something that you accept the position and you get into it thinking it's going to be one thing and you end up finding out there's no growth potential. It's something you could always ask about in the interview process. And of course, if you're working with Orion, you could ask your recruiter if they know anything about the growth potential, but just trying to find out what those next steps are going to be during the interview process. So, you know, okay, I'm going to start out in this role within six months to a year, I could expect to progress to a different role. 
and just trying to figure some of that out on the front end. And like I said, you're not always going to know that. You know, sometimes someone might tell you during the interview process that that is the case, and then it doesn't end up being the case once you get hired. But again, that's one of the benefits of working with the recruiter is that, um, you know, Sam, you and all of our other recruiters do serve as advocates for the candidates, and you want to help them find what's right for them and, of course, help them get truthful answers and know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, that, like you said, it's definitely something you should explore, you know, in an interview process. It's one of the most common questions, I think, to ask, you know, at the end of an interview is, you know, what's the growth potential here? You know, has somebody else in this role, you know, where have they moved up within the company? Um, I think it's important. You want to know that um, going in, you know, so you're not surprised or frustrated by it a year or two later. Definitely. Now, one of the other um, key things that might be time to find a new job is going to be, you know, that you're not learning in your current position. So, Similar to growth in one aspect, not necessarily, you know, your room to um, progress in with, within that particular career path, but at least you'd be learning something new because everybody wants to feel challenged to some extent. I mean, you don't want to feel like you're drowning every day that you're at work, but you want to feel like you're learning new things and whether you're able to apply it, you know, at that company or another one. So is this something you hear from candidates a lot as well? It is. Um, and, you know, like you said, this is more of a personal growth thing than it is, you know, growth potential of getting promoted and, you know, moving up the ranks. This is more, you know, you're in a position and you're just kind of stagnant as far as what you're doing. Um, you know, studies have shown that the happiest progression, you know, to late adulthood and old age involves when you have work that stimulates your mind into continuous learning. So that doesn't have to be, you know, you're taking a class or you're, you know, pursuing a degree. It's just more that internal personal growth where you're learning and you're being challenged and you're having to figure out different ways to do things. Um, it's certainly something that, that I have in my role now. And I think I would miss that, you know, if I didn't have it. I, you know, I like the challenge. I like that there's, there's always something new to figure out. And I think, you know, that's really important if you are the type of person um, who, you know, is high on, you know, new experiences and you're inquisitive, you know, you're curious, you love to learn. Um, that's really important to have in a job. And, you know, some people this may not be important to. They may be fine to, you know, come into work and sit down at their desk and do the same thing every day. And that's okay. Um, but I think a lot of people have that need and that desire to be challenged and to grow internally. And if you don't have that in a position, um, I think it's something you can ask for. You know, you can talk to your team, your supervisor, figure out if there are additional responsibilities or things that you can take on. But if you don't have that option, usually, you know, that's going to lead to you looking for something elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you there when you said that, you know, it's not, not everyone might play such a high importance on this, but I really think that as a society as a whole, we do. I mean, think about it. We are a culture that hates to be bored. We have everything instantly and, you know, we're always multitasking and doing lots of things at once. If we, if we even have like a, you know, 30 second break somewhere, we're on our phone texting or on social media or something. So <laughs> it is, it's something that, you know, we don't like to be bored. We don't like the monotony. Um, so I think that's something that, yeah, maybe not for everyone. It's such a big consideration, but I think for most people it is. I agree. 
Okay. Now this one is, um, we actually had a podcast about money, um, just, you know, asking for a raise and things along those lines a couple weeks ago. So I would, if anyone's interested in this particular topic, I would recommend going back and listening to that one. But one of the big key indicators about, you know, whether or not it's time to switch your job is that your salary has not grown. And, you know, salary increases can be they can vary so widely between companies and industries and things like that. I think a lot of times when people think about getting a raise, they have a big number in their head. And a lot of times you're not going to get a big number like that if you stay at your company. Typically raises like that are reserved if you, you know, move to a different company and you're not making a lateral move. So, you know, salary is obviously huge. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Right. Yeah, I would say number two to the gross potential um, piece, salary is the next most common reason of, you know, that I hear from candidates of why they're looking to make a change. Um, You know, if you've been at a company for a while and you show up, you work hard, you put in extra hours when you need to, you take on extra projects and you haven't seen a pay increase, that's frustrating. You know, you are working really hard and you are expecting an increase and not just the, you know, 25 cent an hour type increase, you know, yearly, you're looking for something meaningful that really, you know, can affect your quality of life. So what Megan said about it varying greatly, you know, it's going to vary greatly depending on company, the size of the company, the industry. So what I think is really important there, um, one, before you ask your current employer for a raise, which should be your first step, um, or before you look elsewhere for salary, is to look at the current market value for your location. Cost of living is huge. So if you live in a in a small town in a low cost of living, you can't compare your salary to somebody in a big city in a high cost of living. So look at your location, your skills, your years of experience, and there's pl- tons of websites and data out there. So figure out what your true market value is, and then when you look at that, you can determine what a fair salary bump would look like. So you know, in some industries, two to three percent may be normal, where in other industries, five to ten percent each year would be normal. So you got to kind of do that research. Um, you know, if you're satisfied in your position with everything else except for salary, I think talk to your boss. But it has to come from a point of, I've done X, Y, Z, so I think I deserve X, Y, Z. It can't just be, I've worked here for three years, please give me an extra 10K. You know, you have to have kind of that that backup, you know, of why you're worth it. And if you truly feel like you're undervalued and underpaid, then it's time to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree with that. It's like, of course, everybody wants to make more money. I mean, who doesn't want more money? But it, at the end of the day, you really have to do your research and know what your market value is. Know if you really would be making more elsewhere. And then this list, like really anything else in life, it's, you know, weighing the pros and cons. It's like you said, if you're happy with everything else but your salary, maybe that's worth it to you to stay in that position for the potential of one day making more money. But if, you know, if this is just one of the things, maybe, you know, we're going to talk through five signs and maybe if you've got all you've got four of those things, then yeah, I think that's kind of your answer right there. So it's kind of just weighing the pros and cons on a lot of these. Absolutely. So the fifth and final sign that it might be time for a new job is one that you kind of alluded to earlier, um, you know, that if you're not happy in work, a lot of times it will bleed into other areas of your life. And um, 
definitely I think a lot of people can relate to this and it's that they spend some time venting about work outside of work, whether it's the friends, family, spouse, um, you know, they just have always complaints at the end of the day. And obviously for a lot of reasons, that's bad. I mean, it's not good for any type of relationship if that's what you're doing, but I think that that's a key indicator for sure. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, nobody loves their job 100% of the time. And I think every single person listening and, you know, Megan and I can admit, you know, there's certainly things that we complain about about their, our jobs. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, if you don't, if you say you don't, then you're probably lying, you know. Um, so a little, a little complaining about work, never hurt anyone. Things are going to happen. You're going to get frustrated. Um, you know, I'd say if you're going to complain, make sure it is to somebody that, you know, you can trust, not um, a coworker who's going to, you know, spread that around the office. But um, if you're spending, you know, more time than not complaining about your job, um, you really just have to consider if the good outweighs the bad. Um, it's back to those pros and cons that Megan mentioned a minute ago. Um, you, if you're spending a lot of your time and, you know, you're thinking about it when you're not at work and you're complaining to your friends and family and that's all they're hearing about, um, that's not a good sign. You know, you, you spend so much of your time at work and um, you, you have to not hate it. You know, it's okay if you don't like it every day and you don't love it. Um, but if you are really just unhappy at work and always complaining about it, it's a good sign that you should probably move on. Like you said, everyone's going to have complaints every now and then, but knowing your audience is, you know, another big thing here because if you're complaining to, say, a coworker who is a peer and maybe, you know, you're in competition for the next promotion or, you know, they talk to your boss about something and it gets mentioned that you're complaining, like you definitely want to make sure that if you do have any kind of complaints that maybe you don't feel comfortable yet airing out with your boss or, um, you know, maybe it's just not the right audience to take that to your boss or something that's just very minor so that you're going to get over, I would definitely make sure that you're not telling anyone who it's going to come back and end up hurting you in the end. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Okay, so now that we've talked about the five signs that it's probably time to move on from your job, obviously easier said than done. Like we talked about, it's kind of a stressful process. I'm sure that anyone listening to this has never had a super easy time quitting a job. But at the end of the day, if you're unhappy and, you know, you go through that list and you think, wow, I've got four of these or three of these five, then you know it's time to move on. So how can we do that without burning bridges? So I want you to talk a little bit about um, what you have seen being successful or even what advice that you give to a candidate on how to quit their job without burning bridges or, you know, making it a painful conversation. Yeah, and, and I think it's key is, you know, you don't want to burn that bridge. I think no matter how frustrated you are, um, if it's because there's no growth potential, if it's because you're not being paid enough or whatever reason it is, um, you still don't want to burn that bridge with that company and with that manager. You will likely have to give references at your new job and you want a positive one. And you also just never know. You know, networking is so big to the job search and the job transition. You really just don't want to burn a bridge. So most important, you want to give notice to your current employer. I don't think there are many companies at all, none that we've worked with, that want you to start the next day. They understand that you're employed and you need to give notice. And they want that because they want the type of employee that would give notice. So making sure you're giving, you know, at least that two weeks of notice. If you have more and you can, that's great. 
um, I think it's important to talk to your boss in person if you can. Um, if you're in the same office, you should definitely do it face to face. If it's, you know, they're in a different, you know, office across the country, maybe not. But if you can schedule a meeting, let it know, let them know in person. You know, it, it shows the respect, it shows, you know, self-confidence, and it's just a better impression. Um, of course, you're going to need to write a formal, you know, notice letter for HR. But I think having that conversation face-to-face -face with your boss is important. Um, you know, if you have a really close relationship with your boss, maybe you've worked there for a long time, I think you can, you know, give some constructive criticism on, you know, different factors of the job and things that may help. But if it's going to cause any backlash or, you know, conflict, I would say it's best to avoid the specifics. You don't have to give details of why you're leaving. Um, if it's been a really, you know, like hectic and hostile environment, um, I think it'd be easy to, you know, get emotional or say something that you don't mean or slack off the last two weeks of the job. And you just really shouldn't do that. Um, you want to leave a good impression behind with your team. You want to not leave the rest of your team in a bind. You know, if you slack off, that's going to hurt other people. Um, so really, you know, finishing strong, you know, staying in touch with your colleagues, um, at least on a professional basis, you know, LinkedIn makes it really easy to do that now. Um, and so I really think just, you know, staying professional, staying calm, you know, not getting emotional about it um, is key to not burning that bridge and just maintaining a professional relationship and ties to that company. Mm -hmm. I think that's all great advice. And one thing I'll add is that I think a lot of times anyone who's been in this situation, I certainly have before, and I think you kind of build it up in your head and you think of all of the um, possible outcomes. Like, how are they going to react? Are they going to be mad? Or is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And I think the one thing to keep in mind, like you said, don't be emotional about it. And you just, at the end of the day, you have to think this is a business. This happens all the time. Um, this truly is the reality of the situation that majority of people are not going to stay at a company for their entire career, much less probably not even more than five years a lot of the time. So right. going into it thinking, you know, I'm going to handle this professionally because it is a professional situation, it helps. It's not as though it's like an emotional breakup or something like that. I mean, if you keep right. it in the context <laughs> of the fact that it is work and it's nothing personal, I think it helps with some of the nerves of trying to think of how am I going to handle this and, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you just think of it that way. And it's, you just have to know that even if things don't go exactly how you want it to go, you're not going to be there much longer anyway. So like you said, finish it out, be professional, don't leave anyone in a bind, and then you move on with your life and with your career after that. Exactly. Okay, so, you know, talking about when we know it's time to quit a job, um, a lot of people want to, you know, change a career, like maybe they want to do something entirely different from what they were doing before. So how can people make the decision on what some of their key drivers are and, you know, how can they get themselves ready to make the successful career change? Yeah, so the big part of it is, you know, first just evaluating, you know, your current position. What do you like about your job? What don't you like about your job? Is it related to the people you work with or the content of your work? Um, figure out what you do and you don't like about your current position um, so that you can, you know, carry that into your job search. Um, think about past roles that you loved or a project you worked on in the past that can help you kind of identify what you like to do, you know, really assess, assessing your values, your skills, your interests, and figure out what types of roles tie along with that. Um, and there's all these websites and, you know, um, 
things on the internet where you can, you know, put in your interests and things that you like, and it'll suggest positions for you. Um, I think it's easy to, you know, stay in kind of the same industry that you're in. You know, it's a little less scary and nerve-wracking, but look at alternative careers. Look at different industries. Um, you know, go, go on to LinkedIn and Indeed and just see what types of positions are in your area. Um, connect with colleagues or other people that you've met in the past on LinkedIn about what they're doing and, and see what they like about their job. It's really all about figuring out what's gonna, what you're going to like, what's going to make you happy. And then, you know, a lot of times job shadowing is an option. So try that. You know, if you can spend a few hours with a, a friend in their position or with um, a, you know, professional connection that you have, just to kind of try it out and really see um, you know, what you would like and what you wouldn't like about a position. And then when you're really ready to start, you know, update your resume and, you know, get your name out there. Um, it, it can be tricky to balance interviewing when you're currently employed, but really weigh the pros and cons of, you know, the positions you're looking at compared to what you're already doing. And you may think a job sounds great and then you get into the interview and it's not. So it's really just about kind of seeing what's out there and just, um, you know, you could spend months researching a different job, or you can just kind of get out there and get the ball rolling, and that would be my advice. I think that's great, and one thing that you mentioned that I want to circle back to is that, you know, don't limit yourself to the industry, because you might think, oh, I'm joining an entirely new industry, like I'm going to have to completely start over, and I'm going to have to learn all these new things, and that can be a little bit um overwhelming at first and a little bit intimidating, but even going back to what we talked about earlier with salary and how the percentages can vary so widely based on what you can make, maybe you can make a lot more in a specific industry. So while it's intimidating at first and, you know, you might think that you're going to have to start over, take a few steps back, the potential is so much greater than if you just stayed in your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can even speak to that personally. Um, coming through Orion, I did not have any, you know, recruiting background, no recruiting experience. Um, I came from a retail management background, so drastically different industry. But what I learned was that so many of my skills from being, you know, in management tied over into recruiting so well. So, you know, think about that. It doesn't have to be the same job. It doesn't have to be the same industry. Think about how your skills can translate over into a new industry. And there you have it. And I'm, you know, infinitely happier, you know, in the recruiting industry, but still using a lot of the skills that I used before. And that's a good example. And it actually kind of jogged my memory here is I think, you know, most of our listeners, I would guess probably upwards of 90 percent are military job seekers. And so if you think about it, when you left the military, I mean, that's probably the most daunting change that you will have in your career and over the course of your career. So if you could do that, changing industries is a piece of cake. So I think like once exactly. you have that under your belt, you know that it's possible. So it makes it a little bit easier, I think. And then, you know, if you are really lost and struggling, we've got a great team of recruiters at Orion that can help you. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else that you would like to leave um, words of wisdom for our listeners who maybe are thinking about quitting their job and moving on? Yeah, I would, you know, just weigh the pros and cons, you know, even if you truly have to sit down and make a list of the pros and cons, you know, talk to a trusted friend or family member and, you know, just kind of figure out what's best for you. We, you know, we keep mentioning this, you spend so much of your time at work and um, 
you know, you want to be happy at work and you want to be excited about what you're doing so that you're excited and happy in the rest of your life. So if you're not happy, figure out why and make the change. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Sam, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Great. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.